Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 36 of Revelation chapter 18. And we're going to be reading verses 23 and 24. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. And I'll stop reading there. That brings us to the end of chapter 18. And as we were discussing last time, at the beginning of verse 23, the light of the candle not shining anymore at all in Babylon is pointing to the removal of the gospel light, which, remember, Psalm 80, three times, uh, verse 3, verse 7 and verse 19, says, Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. And without the light of a candle shining any more at all in thee, that means there will be no salvation. No one will become saved. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. The voice of Christ, which is the word of God, and the voice of the true believers, the bride of Christ, who carry the word of God, will no longer be heard. God will not open up the ears of any individual in the world ever again because his salvation program has come to a close. And then finally at the end of verse 23, it says, For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Now, uh, we had already discussed the merchants of the earth back in verse 11 and verse 15 that were involved in in um, buying and selling and and God listed their merchandise well here he tells us that the merchants were the great men of the earth and the uh, reference to great men this is a slightly different word for great then is found in other places. The, the Greek word megas is used elsewhere. Um, for instance, in Great Tribulation, megas thalipsis. But this is a different word. It's related, but different. It has a different Strong's number. It's 3175. And it's only found three times in the New Testament. It's found also in Revelation chapter 6. And it says in verse 15, And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens, and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, 
and who shall be able to stand. So here, clearly, the uh, the kings of the earth, who were also in view in Revelation 18, remember the kings of the earth stood afar off and, and were crying, alas, alas, as they saw Babylon burn. Well, likewise, the great men who are identified with the merchants are also seeking to be hid in the day of God's wrath, which indicates they are unsaved people. They're representative, I think we could gather, of the authorities of the world or the powers that be that are found in the world. They're the great men of the earth, the men of renown. They are the ones that the world looks to. This word, Strong's 3175 in the Greek, is also found one other time in the New Testament in the Gospel of Mark. And um, in this case, it's not translated as great men. It, it's translated as lords in Mark chapter 6, beginning in um, verse 20 of Mark chapter 6. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come, that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains and chief estates of Galilee. And and then the daughter of Herodias came out and danced. Well, the, the word we're looking for uh, the great men is translated as lords. He made a supper to his lords, the great men of that area under his jurisdiction. And, and so this is the word that God is using. Speaking of Babylon or of this world, for the merchants were the great men of the earth, the kings of the earth, the merchants of the earth. The great men of the earth. God is emphasizing the judgment is upon the earth. The earth, just like Isaiah 24, kept repeating that again and again throughout that chapter. So it would not be missed. It is the final judgment of mankind upon the earth. Well, it goes on to say at the end of verse 23, For by thy sorceries... We're all nations deceived. And again, speaking of Babylon, God is saying that uh, she was involved in sorcery. The word sorcery is also translated as witchcrafts, or witchcraft in Galatians 5 verse 20, as God gives a list of the uh, desires, the lustful desires of the flesh, One of them is witchcraft or sorcery. But we have an equivalent word in the Old Testament because in Isaiah 47, as the Lord is describing the judgment upon Babylon, which is uh, exactly the case as in Revelation 18, he says in verse 9, By these two things shall come to thee in a moment, in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee in their perfection 
for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. And again, Babylon accused of committing sorcery. And also in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word translated as sorcery, 3785 Hebrew in Strong's Concordance. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is translated as sorcery or witchcraft. And in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is translated as sorcery or witchcraft. So it is the equivalent word. Now in verse 11 of Isaiah 47, it says, Therefore shall evil come upon thee, thou shalt not know from whence it riseth, and mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now with thine enchantments, and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. If so be, thou shalt be able to profit, if so be that thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor fire to sit before it. And and so forth. So uh, God is describing some of the sorceries of Babylon. And tell me, does it not sound familiar? Astrologers, stargazers, monthly prognosticators. What do we have today in the world? We have astrology, stargazers. We have people uh, who involve themselves in the spirit world and and will do a seance. We, we have everything under the sun in the world today that professes to be in the spiritual realm. They can read your future. They can read your palm or they, they can uh, look into a crystal ball or or there can be a Ouija board that will tell you things. All the world's involved in all of that and much, much more. And God notices. They, they have great interest in the occult. They have great interest in uh, reading tea leaves and cards and, and things like that. Yet the, the world has no real interest in reading the Bible, in reading the Word of God. The one place in the whole world where there is a true spirit and a right spirit and where God does declare the end from the beginning God is the only one who knows the future. He's the only one that has written a book that includes information about events that take place in the future. And the world has no genuine interest in the things of God, in in the truth. They prefer the lie. They want people to deceive them. They want people to manipulate and and bring falsehood and and do all kinds of underhanded things through their sorceries and of course the the church is involved in this 
but because the church has uh, entered into uh, dark spiritual uh, things with falling over backwards and speaking in tongues and and claiming to get visions and dreams and a message from God that's not from God. That's all sorcery. That's all coming from Satan. And, or it's coming from the enemy, from the kingdom of darkness, from Babylon. All that combined. What a terrible, ugly mess the world has become, the church has become, Babylon has become, because of its sorceries, all nations are deceived. You have people who, uh, who read their horoscope uh, in the newspaper every day. You have people who, who want to go to a psychic to find out what the future is going to hold for them. Are they going to find love or are they going to get wealthy? They go to somebody who doesn't have a clue. They, and so forth. It, it is just one big cesspool of iniquity that, that the world has gotten itself into because they deny and cut off the one true source of knowing the future, which is God's holy word, the Bible. And, and so they open themselves up to everything else under the sun. And, and, and God says that the judgment upon Babylon is due to its sorceries wherein all nations were deceived. Well, then it goes on to say in verse 24, in the last verse of the chapter, And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. And uh, some people have read this and and made an assumption or or tied it together with what we read in Matthew chapter 23 and then um, determined that Babylon must be speaking of the churches and the congregations because Christ in Matthew 23 is speaking to the Pharisees to Judah of old and Judah is a type of the church and the Pharisees are uh, representative of uh, those false um, pastors and elders and so forth in the churches and congregations. Well, there is some truth in that but it's not the whole truth. And let's turn to Matthew 23, and we'll read beginning in verse 34. And and Christ is uh, addressing the scribes and Pharisees. He says, Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Well, here Christ is um, faulting the the leaders of Judea, and he's saying that they are guilty uh, of the blood of 
the prophets, the wise men and scribes that God has sent to them. And, and that's true. That's true. God did send many prophets and scribes and, and wise men to Israel and they killed them, many of them. But notice the statement God makes in verse 35 that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom he slew between the temple and the altar. Well, now we we have a problem because uh, Israel was... Uh, was formed, we could say, maybe going back to Abraham or, or Jacob, who had his name turned to Israel, and Jacob was born in 2007 BC. He had his name changed in 1907 BC to Israel, and, and, and yet Abel was one of the first human beings. He was uh, he was a, a child of Adam and Eve. And uh, he was slain uh, near the very beginning of the creation of the world. And the world was created in 11,013 B.C. And if Jacob, who became Israel, wasn't born until 2007 B.C., it means that Abel was killed, his blood was shed, about 9,000 years before uh, Jacob or Israel was even born. So how could Christ say of the the leaders of Israel that they were guilty of the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias? Now, the blood of Zacharias, we can understand, because Israel did kill him. We read in... Second Chronicles chapter 24, it says, beginning in verse 15, But Jehoiada waxed old and was full of days when he died, 130 years old was he when he died. And then uh, skip down to verse 19, Yet he sent prophets to them to bring them again unto Jehovah. And they testified against them, but they would not give ear. And the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest. Now, he wasn't a direct son, but he was a descendant of Jehoiada. And in the Bible, uh, God can call someone a son if they're a descendant, a grandson, or a great-grandson. And Zechariah was the son of Jehoiada the priest, which stood above the people, and said unto them, Thus saith God, Why transgress ye the commandments of Jehovah, that ye cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken Jehovah, he has also forsaken you. And they conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of Jehovah. Jehovah. Thus Josiah the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but slew his son. And when he died, he said, Jehovah, look upon it and require it. Now, isn't that interesting that that the Lord Jesus said, the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias will be required of this generation. And, and it's actually fulfilling the words of Zechariah as he died, as he was stoned to death, that God will require 
the, the justice be done for the shedding of his blood. And now we have another question. Why Zacharias? Zacharias lived hundreds of years before Christ. Many of God's prophets were killed after him in the centuries that followed. And it seems that the Lord is making an all-encompassing statement. He reaches back to the very beginning with Abel, who was slain early on at uh, near the creation. And then he's giving another individual that that should encompass the end of all those that have been killed. Why Zacharias? Because of the age of Jehoiada, the priest, when he died. Jehoiada was 130 years old when he died, and the 130 is 10 times 13. 10 points to completeness, 13 points to the end of the world. 1988 was the 13,000th year of Earth's history, which is a combination of 10 times 10 times 10, so on, times 13. And, and, and so you have the completeness and then the end of the world is reached as judgment begins at the house of God. It's then that those that were previously faithful, while the Holy Spirit was in their midst, as Jehoiada typifies God's Holy Spirit, now rebel against God and slay his servants, the prophets, over the course of the 23-year Great Tribulation period. Just as the son of Jehoiada, uh, Zacharias is slain between the temple and the altar. And 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 so it is an all-encompassing statement from the first to be killed at the beginning, Abel, unto the last to be killed at the end of the world, as the 13,000 years of earth's history brings us to the time of the end. And, and yet Christ, uh, as he's addressing the scribes and Pharisees, holds them accountable for the blood of all the prophets? Or is he holding the scribes and Pharisees alone accountable? Let's go back there in Matthew 23. And and after making that statement concerning Abel and Zacharias and their blood, it says in verse 36 again, Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Now there's a parallel passage in Luke 11, in Luke 11, um, beginning in verse 49, Therefore also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation. That is, which uh, blood of the prophets was shed at the foundation of the world? The blood of all the elect was shed in Christ as we died in him, which also is further evidence that he did die then and we in him, as our blood was shed in that sense. And God says all the blood of all his elect will be required of this generation, from the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple. Verily I say unto you, I shall be, it shall be required of this generation. It's repeated. This generation. And 
What generation is that? Well, the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 12, when the, the uh, some of the scribes and Pharisees were requesting a sign from Christ. And Jesus responded in verse 39. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and an adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation, and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The men of Nineveh will rise with this generation. Christ was speaking in in present tense, and condemn it. But they will not arise until the end of time, at the end of the world. So how could it be called this generation? Well, the reason that Christ can speak of this generation and have the end of time in view is because it is the same generation from the beginning at the fall of man, which would take us back to the time of Abel, at the fall of man, the generation of evil, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. The generation of evil of the people of of the world, mankind, that has dwelt in the earth since its fall, since disobeying God in the Garden of Eden, the entire time span from that point until the end of the world, God considers to be the generation of evil. And that generation also is the time of Satan's kingdom. From the beginning, when he took the authority and and man um, had to be in submission to him because he deceived man and conquered man in the Garden of Eden, that began the kingdom of Satan or the kingdom spiritually of Babylon. And Babylon, from the beginning, is the one that was involved with the slaying of Abel and Babylon was involved with the slaying of Zacharias or with the slaying of all God's people up until the end of the world. So therefore God requires of this generation or of Babylon, he says, in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.